I am very blessed today that my husband is here doing good. Dr. John T. Holler, here comes the word. I'm going to talk about liberty. Let's read Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Hey, Sam, you want to help me read today? Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Read on. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Okay. This is a powerful thought. That you have liberty from God. Your liberty comes from, from God. You don't, need, you don't need any man's permission for that. You have liberty, liberty from God. Stand fast, therefore, in liberty, it says. Uh, I was thinking about this kind of liberty we have in our, in our daily lives. When your first child eats some worms and some dirt and some dirt and a mouthful of grass, you rush them to the doctor, you know. When your second child does that, you just get a handkerchief and spit on it and clean him off. When your third one does it, you wonder if he, if he needs, still needs lunch. Liberty comes kind of, kind of certain ways, doesn't it? He says, stand fast in this liberty. Stand fast. That means to be stationary. Figuratively, it means to per persevere. Why would you have to stand fast? Why, do you, why would you have to persevere in liberty? Because there's all kinds of things out there trying to take away from you. Yeah. All kinds of things out there that are set against your liberty. The, 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 Satan is a master at putting people in bondage. Yeah. Yeah. Using some good thing to put you in bondage. He used the law to put God's people in bondage. Yeah. Satan did this. You get in bondage by good things and bad things too, but, but good things can put you in bondage. How many of you like a good piece of chocolate cake? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is it good? Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you eat too much of that, it puts you in bondage. Yeah. <laughs> it will. Put you in fat bondage. This word, this Greek word, I'm not going to tell you the Greek word, but it, the, the definition is this. To stand firm, to persevere, to persist, to keep one standing. That means that there's a resistance against you being in liberty. The devil is a master at putting people in bondage, as I said, and uh, he knows how to use good things to do it. The bondage of religious law is the deadliest form of bondage. Bondage of religious law is a deadliest form of bondage. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Genesis 3.15. Genesis 3.15. I'm going to point out something, something to you. I've taught you this several times already, but it fits in here to make the statement again. God said, and I will put enmity between thee, talking to the serpent. Who is the serpent? Satan. Satan to thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Go back to the first part of that. Between her seed, thy seed, and her seed. Her seed is Christ. He, who is his seed? Did not say he's going to put enmity between her seed and him. It's going to be between the seeds. Her seed, Christ. And his seed, who? Who was that? Let's turn to uh, 
John chapter 8 and verse 38. John chapter 8 and verse 38 for the answer to this. I know who the serpent's seed is. John chapter 8 verse 38. Read it, Miss Anne. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. Read on. Read on. They answered and said unto him, Abraham, Abraham is, is our father, father, they said. Who's this, the Pharisees and Sadducees? Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now seek ye to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do your deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. And Jesus said unto them, if God were your father, ye would love me, for I proceed forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because ye cannot hear my word, ye are of your father the devil. The devil. There's the devil's seed. There's the serpent's seed right there. That's who he's talking about. In the, in the first messianic prophecy, he said there would become a religious order that would be so strong they would keep everybody that they touched in bondage. Oh. This is symbolized by Adam's first first act outside the, the glory of God. When he, when he sinned, he had, he had to go do something, didn't he? What did, what did he do? Adam went and made... Fig leaves, clothing. Turn, turn to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Mark 11, 12 through 22. This is a great story. Listen to this story. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And Who was hungry? Jesus, Jesus was. Okay. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of the figs was not yet. Yeah, read on. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. And they come to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out, cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and the chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him. For they feared him, because all the people were astonished at his doctrine. You know what I'm and when he was when even was come, he went out of the city, and in the morning as they passed by they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remembrance saith unto him, Master Look be at this. Behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto them, 
Have faith in God. Stop right there. Far enough. Man had first run to the fig tree to cover his sin, to have a way to approach God. You know, I was afraid, so I made these clothes to approach you. That's kind of how the conversation went between Adam and God. Jesus, looking for something to eat one day, finds a fig tree. Here's the God of the universe and the man of the universe, the last Adam, standing there challenged again to take some leaves. He sees his fig tree. His fig tree says, I see you, big boy. I know, I know who you are. I want some leaves again. The only thing Jesus ever cursed was that tree right there. He cursed that tree. Which he, what he was saying was he's cursing the ways of man to approach God instead of faith. Yeah. When the disciples saw this, they said, look, look, at this, look at this tree. He said, oh, it don't matter about that. Have faith in God. He's telling us how to reach God. Right there, he's telling us how we can come to God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. All your gyrations, all your legalism, all your works won't work, won't do anything. Have faith in God. Amen. Amen. This is how you get to God by faith. Uh, Jesus in another story in Luke nineteen. We're not going to turn to this. But Luke nineteen, the first few verses. Jesus was going to a certain place. A little, little short guy named Zacchaeus came running up to see him, but he couldn't see him because there were so many people around him. So what did he do? Climb up in a what kind of tree? Sycamore tree, but that's really called a wild fig tree. The wild fig tree. And the, you look it up in the Greek and it says a wild fig tree. Oh, he's up in a fig tree trying to see Jesus from there. What did Jesus say when he saw him? First thing he said, Zacchaeus, come down out of that tree. Get out of that, get out of that fig tree. You don't need that fig tree. I'm going to eat at your house today. Amen. Glory to God. You see this? Symbolizes, symbolizes our own works to get to God. I thought you would be throwing money over that, but you didn't. Verse chapter two, chapter five, verse two. Read verse two. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. No part of the law will work to make you righteous. No part of the law will work to make make you righteous. He said, you, you, you keep one part of it, you've got to keep it all. There's no keeping part of it. I, I know people who are Gentiles who say they, they try to keep the law, try to keep the law of the Sabbath. I said, have you ever, ever read the law of the Sabbath? Yeah. Ever read it? Yeah, you're supposed to take a day off. And I said, no, it's, no, no that's, not, that's not what the law of the Sabbath says. It's a lot more than that. It'll let you down. That law will let you down. It, it, it's, too, it's too risky. It let, it let Israel down, didn't it? Let, 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 the, let the children of Israel down all the time, the law did. I can show you a few things. But you, I need to tell you, you don't need a parachute to go skydiving. You need a parachute to go skydiving twice. You need something that will hold you up. You try living by the law, you're going to die. That's all I'm t saying to you. Verse 3, For I testify again to every man, that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. The edicts of the law cannot be picked and chosen. It is all or nothing. It's an all or nothing proposition. I, uh, let's turn to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. 
verses 8 through 11. Let's read these four verses real quick. Like Exodus 20, verse 8 says, Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. What day is that? Saturday. That's Saturday. That's not Sunday. It's Saturday. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. Next. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not, not do, any work. do any work. Listen, is this a commandment or not? Is this a commandment that you shall not do any work? Yeah. Back up to the verse 9. Six days thou shalt labor and do thy, all thy work. Is that, is that a commandment or not? Yeah. That's a command, isn't it? Yeah. If you take Tuesday off, you broke the law of the Sabbath. Yeah. Broke the law of the Sabbath if you, if you take Tuesday off. Amen. Mm-hmm. It's all or nothing. Yeah. You can't just pick and choose what you want to do. It's all or nothing. It's part of the commandment right there. Yeah. Okay, I'm right, and I know it. <laughs> Verse 4, Galatians chapter 5. Christ has become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law. Ye are fallen from grace. Dr. Holly, you said you couldn't fall from grace. Yeah, you can't be justified by the law either. It's impossible to be justified by the law. It's impossible. He said if you can be, you can fall from grace. But if you can't be justified by the law... You cannot be, can you, you cannot fall from grace. You see this? I've heard guys take this and say, you can, the Bible says you can fall from grace. That's not. It says you, if you're justified by the law, you can. Paul said you cannot be, nobody can be justified by the law. Right. I know some of your Bibles say, if you try to be justified by the law, you fall from grace. That's why I don't like those Bibles. <laughs> get a KJV, get a grown-up Bible, it'll tell you the truth. The only way to fall from grace is to be justified by the law, which is impossible. And verse 5 says, For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Amen. This hope here is talking about the, the hope that comes from your righteous living and your righteous life, the freedom of righteousness that God gave you. God gave you righteousness, did he not? Did you earn it? No. How did it come? By, By faith. faith. You believed him and the grace of God poured righteousness upon you. Made you righteous when you didn't even want to be righteous sometimes. The hope of resurrection, that's what this is. The hope that your body is going to be attached to your spirit yeah. because it is. See, you, you have been justified, made righteous in the spirit, sanctified in the soul, and you'll be glorified in your body. Everybody say that with me. Justification. Justification. Spirit. Spirit. Sanctification. Sanctification. Soul. Soul. Glorification. My body. body. Amen. Glory to God. That's what he's talking about. Verse 6. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which works by love. Faith works by love, not by any other means. Faith works by love. Faith does not work by you loving. Faith works by you knowing God loves you. Faith works by God's love. It says agape there. Faith loves by agape, God's love. Your faith does not work because you love, but because you are loved by God. His love is above everything. 
above everything. It makes you righteous. It makes your faith work too. Amen. You know God loves you. You can use your faith. That's right. You can use your faith. I'm using my faith right now. Yes. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Yes. That's why I stand in front of you every day, every Sunday. With pain in my body, anything else going on, I'm just walking by faith because I know God loves me. Amen. 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 No, you love me too. Yeah. Some of you. <laughs> Most of you. I heard one guy say, women only call me ugly until they find out how much money I make. <laughs> then they call me ugly and broke. <laughs> <laughs> Well, God loves you whether you're broke or ugly or not. <laughs> verse, verse 7. <laughs> you just got it? You just got it, Casey? And then, then, yeah, I'm proud of you, Blondie. <laughs> Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. Let's stop right there. The word obey here. Is the word pitho, P E I T H O, and the translators did it again. Even the King James gets it wrong sometimes. The word here is not obey, it's, it's believe. The word obey here should have been rendered believe, pitho. So listen to me. Your faith is what makes you obedient. Obedience never brings faith, faith brings obedience. You can keep that straight. Keep that dog wagging, wagging that tail on the right end of the dog. Okay? The enemy has narrow pursuits, has narrow pursuits. One is to steal your faith by stealing the word from your heart. It says, he, it says here, who did, you did run well. Who did hinder you? Who did hinder you? The devil hinders you when you get your faith in it all goofed up. Get your faith all goofed up thinking like, well, if it doesn't work for Pastor John, it's not going to work for me. You hang that stuff. Yes. I fight devils you don't know about. Right. You're no size devils that I fight. Amen. Keep your faith intact. The word obey is not, not about obeying, it's about believing. The enemy has narrow pursuits. Want us to steal your faith by stealing the word from your heart. Think about that. He wants to get that word out of your heart so you won't believe anymore. He's trying his best to get you into the unbelief and the doubt. That's what he did with, with Eve. That's what he does with everybody, every, everybody I know. That read Mark chapter 4, verse 13. Mark 4, 13. Mark 4, 13. I want you to read quite a, quite a, bit, quite a bit here, several, several verses. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how will you know all the parables? How are you going to understand anything I say if you don't know, know, know this thing about seed time and harvest? Read on. Right. The sower soweth the word, and these are they by the, way, by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately. Satan comes eventually or immediately? Immediately. immediately. Remember, every, every, every great thing that happens in your life, you're going to be tested by the devil. He does not want you going forward in life. He's going, to, he's going to come to steal from you immediately, immediately, immediately. If God doesn't have immediately. God has suddenlies. Yes. Amen. Amen. And taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, 
who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time afterward when affliction and persecution ariseth for the word's sake immediately they are offended okay let me let me get you back to galatians 5 remember this he said you did run, run well who did it hinder you that you should not obey the truth or believe the truth? Verse 8, now Miss Ann, Galatians 5, 8. This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. God has nothing to do with you being a legalist. He has nothing to do with that. You think, you think God told you to become a legalist or think you had to do this, do that, do this, do that to be saved? God had nothing to do with that. I don't care who says he did. He does not. God is into liberty. I want you to walk with him because you're a child, not because you're signed up in the army, not because you're an employee or a servant or a slave. You're a son and daughter of God. You should serve him because we look like him. He lives in our hearts. We hear his voice. God has nothing to do with you being legalistic. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. And just keeps right on preaching in anyway. Verse 9. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Okay, listen to this. That's an amazing thing, amazing way to say that. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump, Paul says. What is he talking about here? What's he talking about here? Talking about the law. Letting the law mandate your grace. You cannot let the law mandate your grace. He uses the same analogy that Jesus used for who? The Pharisees. Matthew 16, 6 says, Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Watch out for these people. They're all around you. All around you. In fact, they're probably in you if you don't, if you know, if you are actually honest. I find myself being legalistic all the time. I have to fight it all the time. You know that? Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I have to fight it all the time because it was ingrained in me as a, as a child. God's going to get you. God's going to get you. You saw that boy got killed on that, on that horse down there? Yeah, God's going to get you. It's awful. Legalism is a, is a demonic force that must be broken by the, power, by, by the power of God and the Word of God. It has one chance to be broken. The Word of God. The Word of God is all that can happen. So that's why we keep talking about these things. I, I t teach you these things over and over because he said stand fast. That means you have resistance out there. I'm helping you be stand fast. Yeah. Amen. Verse 10, Miss Ann. I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be. Verse 11. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. The offense of the cross is that his blood was not his blood, not yours, is what brings righteousness. It's offensive to religion 
to say that Jesus has paid it all. Yeah. It's offensive to everybody that, that, hate, that hates us, hates the way we talk. It's offensive to them because we don't, we don't, we don't say we, we did anything to get saved. We said Jesus, Jesus did it all. His blood, not, not yours. You know, Paul never, never mentioned the cross for you at all. Yeah. Every, every time Paul mentions the cross, he's always talking about Jesus' cross. The cross you have to bear is a message of the cross, not a, not a cross for yourself. You have a message of the cross to bear. Amen. Amen. Paul never used the cross to aim at us at all, just as our message. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. That's good news if you ask me. Amen. You have an offense about you. In the world of religion, the religious world hates you because you know who you are. They call you arrogant. You know that? He thinks he's he's one of those faith people that thinks that everything's going good. But it, it is going good. Everything everything that's good in my life came from God. Yeah. Every every good thing in my life came from God. Yeah. Even my healing is coming from God. Right. Amen. Yeah. Glory to God. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. You're offensive to them. As long as you're offensive to them, you're doing something good. That's right. As long as they hate you, you know you're on the right track. Amen. As long as they say, let us sin that grace may abound. You see, if you don't preach it like that and they don't say that about you, you're not doing it right. Yeah. right. Paul said that because he knew he, he sounded, he said, that's what it sounded like. He knew that's what it sounded like. He was saying, let's sin so that grace may abound. He knew that's what it sounded like. But if you don't preach it that far, you're not doing it right. Yeah. got to push it as far as you can. Yes. Push it as far as you can to make them understand. You did not, you did not, did not earn this, this grace. It came as the favor of God. Yeah. Amen. I love you all very much. God bless you. Liberty. Well, it's good to see you, darling. Y'all know I like him. Yeah. <laughs>